Welcome to the Provoking Minds podcast brought to you by KU Learning and Development. My name is Laurie Heslop and before we start, I'd like to acknowledge the Garigal people, the traditional owners and custodians of this land which I'm on today. I also acknowledge all those joining us from the traditional lands of other Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander peoples. I'm here today with Megan Dodds, the director of KU Coromel East Preschool, to talk about circle of security in the preschool setting. Hey, Laurie, it's great to chat with you today. And I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I get to sit on today, and that's the land of the Dharawal people. Megan, I have known you for a long time, and I know you are an experienced educator, but I also know you have had a long-term commitment to embedding the practices of Circle of Security and Martimeo in your preschool. So maybe you could start giving us a quick overview of your work and how you got started and what kept you and your preschool so focused in the teachings of Circle of Security. But yeah, I'd really like to do that. Um, I guess before I start, I'd just like to say that, as you've acknowledged, I've been doing this um, for a long time and been immersed in particularly in circle security over a long period of time. And I can often speak with familiarity around the concept of, of COS, which is one of the um, ways in which we refer to the circle. So you could, you'll hear me refer to it as circle or more recently um, COS or circle of security in the classroom. But I guess where it all began was well over 15 years ago, I just stumbled across an article written by Robin Dolby called The First Five Years. And as I read this article, it was about the work that she was currently doing. She was doing at the time with KU Children's Services at an inner city KU preschool. And um, the more I read this article, I started to think, you know, this is something that really is resonating with me. It's something that I really, you know, would like to know more about. And before I could sort of investigate further myself, I went along to um, a KU directors meeting in Sydney and heard Judy Kroll speak. And Judy spoke about this project, this work that Robin was doing at this um, KU preschool in the city. And again, I was just left with, this is just something I want to know more. It really resonated with me. She described um, the work Robin was doing with the staff there. And the approach was kind, it was caring, and it was nurturing. Definitely something that I wanted to be as an educator for young children. I guess the other thing that really um, struck me as an educator was that both when reading the article and then listening to Judy speak, was that she talked about this approach really working well with all children, including those children who, whose behaviour was telling us that we, what we were doing wasn't, actually, wasn't probably quite working at that time at our preschool in East Coromel, our practice was really being challenged and we definitely didn't feel like we were answering the question that the children's behaviour was asking. We would get to the end of the day and we would ask, you know, what is it that we're doing that's just not working? What could we do differently? And we were left thinking that there must be something out there, something that we can further investigate. And the circle of security seemed like it could be our answer. It definitely sounded like something that we wanted to dive deeper into. It also sounded like a kind, caring, nurturing approach. And that sat very comfortably with the dispositions of the educators that I was working alongside. Megan, I love hearing about the background of how you came to this way of thinking, the way you basically were hooked into circle of security, a circle of security way of thinking. I'm also hearing you talk about the challenges you experienced. You didn't know how to respond. What you were doing wasn't working. And so you 
are you saying it was these challenges that you experienced that helped you change your practice, this acknowledgement that what you were doing wasn't working? Oh, absolutely, Laurie. You know, I think what we were doing definitely wasn't working. We were getting to the end of the day and just like questioning, you know, a lot of the aspects of our practice. We were in a place where, yeah, we were, our thinking was challenged. Our whole way of working was being challenged. The complex behaviours we were trying to manage in the way that we always had left us searching for alternate ways of being in relationship with the children. And I think the circle of security really was the, not the first time, but I guess it really honed in on the significance of our relationship with children being the key. I think for all educators, it often cha- it's often the challenges that we face that call us to change our behaviour or call us to investigate the strategies we're using, our way of being with the children in our care. And children with complex behaviour spur us on to be better at what we do, to look for ways to ensure all children in are fully included in our programs and our routines and our communities. So we were given this amazing opportunity to work with Robin Dolby. Robin would come in to our centre over a series of months. She would come on a regular basis. We would be waiting for her every week to walk in our front door. And then she would just sit alongside us or out in the yard or in the playroom and she would just video. Sometimes we, um, she would video children that we'd highlight for her. And But sometimes she would just arrive and she would choose who she would video. So maybe children that she would just come across on her journey across our yard or through our room. And the following week, we'd be keen to meet up with her as a team and we would go through these videos. And now I was aware that some of these videos would, you know, be an hour long. Um, Sometimes we would only look at a few minutes of the video and Robin would help us really dive deeply into this video, looking at where the educators were, where the children were and, and where our practice was at. She would use the COS, the Circle of Security lens, um, and lay it over what we were seeing. So looking at the children's needs on the top of the circle so as they went out to explore and looking at the needs of the children on the bottom of the circle, those children that needed help with um, their feelings and, and relationships with us. We soon came to learn with the work with Robin that it was the relationship that the children had with us that really made the difference. We were their secure base. They'd left the comfort and the security of that relationship that they have with their parents at home or their families at home, and they come in to be in relationship with us. We could see that it changed the way that we were with the children, and it definitely then changed the way the children were with us. So I'm really sorry anyone listening that this is a podcast because if you could see the image of circle or then the image of this idea of going out and coming back you were talking about the top of the circle and the bottom of the circle it might make more sense if we saw the that as a as an image and a diagram but I I want to focus on this idea that you said you changed the way you were with children and you then saw how this changed how the children were with you now so are you still seeing these changes all these years past? You've been doing this for a while. Are you still seeing the changes? Oh, absolutely, Laurie. I mean, because it becomes and because, like I said, we've been doing it for a long time and my the core team of my staff have now been with me for 10 years. I've been here for 30. Um, so we've got a really embedded practice here going at our centre. So the fact that it's, it's very consistently um, implemented across our team, the results are still very evident. Um, and I guess where we, I mean, 
we, you and I have had conversations that sometimes when you're doing something, um, you don't really look to see that you're doing something any different to anybody else. But where we see it is when visitors, particularly visitors come in, they'll comment that it looks and it sounds different here. The language that we use is quite, it's, um, it's intentional and it is around the concepts of being in relationships with children. You will see educators always engaged and interested in being with children. Being with um, is a really big concept within the circle of security and it is the concept of actually being with and staying with children in their emotions and not trying to talk them out of their feelings. Um, I think this is probably the, the biggest thing that people would notice when they come in. We're not in a hurry to talk children out of being upset or even angry, um, which often is, is an approach that and definitely is an approach that I would have had prior to being exposed to the circle of security. The other thing is that you will see educators curious. They're curious in children's learning, but they're also curious just about children and the way, way they are with us and the way they are with one another. There is delight. There is genuine delight shown from all of my educators in the children. Delight in watching children go out to play, but being still and being ready for them to come back in and be welcomed back in for either just for comfort sometimes, but just also just to check back in with an adult that they know cares about them. I love this image that you are painting for us, Megan, this idea of educators curious and delighting in children. And this idea of just being still, like I find that, I, I do find that really hard. I work on that, I really, I work on that. But I have to ask, would you say that you do, cause do circle of security? No, it's funny, actually, because I've heard, um, I've heard other stuff, you know, in other services say that, and um, we would never say that. I think I would probably say something instead, like we're committed to using the teachings and cause in our everyday with the children. Um, but yeah, to say that you do it kind of me, it, to me, it's like, there's a full stop there that we're doing it and there's nothing more. Um, there's nowhere to go from here. And I guess over the years um, we've shown that there needs to be a sustained commitment to always looking for ways to be, to improve the way we are with children. So to say that you're doing it, um, I think seems like it's a it's a finished job, whereas we know that this requires commitment and also ongoing professional learning. So, Megan, if I came down to KU Coromel East, if I came to your centre, what would it look like? How would I know that Circle of Security was an important part of your program? I, I think, Laurie, I mean, everything around our day has intention. Um, our rituals, our routines all reflect the circle of security, that concept of us as adults becoming a secure base, being in relationship with children that come into our care from the very start of our day. And now this is not something that we've come up with. This is very much based around the work that Robin Dolby has done within the circle, within attachment theory. The start of our day is so crucial when we're welcoming children in, but we're also helping them transition from the care of a parent into the care of, into our care. Um, so you will hear very um, explicit language around that 
transfer of care from parent to, to educator. Greeting families by name, it, it sounds really simple and basic, but actually knowing the names of every parent that comes in, of every grandparent that comes in, of every aunt, of every uncle, of every sibling. I mean, at the moment, we're not greeting families due to COVID. And, um, you know, it, it's such a hard thing now to bring children in when their parents stop at the door. But it's still super important that, that you keep those, those rituals going. Inside our preschool, we have educators actively waiting. Robin talks a lot about this. Educators being still and waiting and ready, ready to welcome children in. Greeting them with, you know, I've been waiting for you to arrive, just fills a child up with that sense of I belong here. This is a place where people really want to be with me. The language we use, again, like I've already stated, is really intentional. It's based on the circle of security and it has stemmed from the many, many years of work that Robin did alongside us. And then in more recently, um, the Cos in the Classroom course that Fiona, my teacher, and I have just recently um, completed at the start of the year. As I've already mentioned, being with children is a really big part of the work we do. Big emotions in particular, whether they be overexcited or whether they be incredibly sad or withdrawn or anxious or frustrated, but it's having empathy. It's really trying to truly put yourselves in the shoes of those children and go, you know, how is it to be four years old here and, and to be having to share something with, you know, a group of other children? I guess it also then implies, Laurie, that you have to be available. You can't have educators who are wandering around, you know, packing up or setting up or, or tidying or, or preoccupied with other, other jobs. Our job is to be with the children. That, that's our main role. Of course, there are other tasks to be done, but it's about prioritising it. And when adults are available, then children will come to you and, and use you as that secure base. Um, I guess I've already said this, but I guess that the biggest impact on our, on our work is that being with. So not moving children quickly through their emotions. And it's at no other time is it more evident that the, at the start of the year when children be, can be quite upset at being separated from their families. An approach many, many years ago would have been just to say to children, you know, don't worry, mum and dad will be back this afternoon. It's not that long. It's a short day. You'll be really busy. You'll get to make lots of friends. Think of all the fun things you'll do. You'll make friends. You'll play with Play-Doh. But we know that doing that, we're not actually answering their question. We're not really being with them. So simply just to state, it's really hard when mum leaves and, and, you, and, and leaves you here at preschool school it's going to feel like a long time until she gets back as soon as you sit with those feelings and really acknowledge them you can see and sense the change in the child immediately they look to you as someone that said that that is you know they they I'm sure they think you know you're someone who really understands how I how I feel and we find that they can move through those emotions far more quickly than when we try and distract them or, um, or try and talk them out how they're, how they're feeling. It's been interesting, Laurie, actually, in the recent training with COS in the Classroom, um, there's a document in one of the chapters and it's just called The Curriculum of Feelings. And Fiona, my teacher, and I were so excited when we did the training and, um, and read the title because it gives such, um, it just really validates the language. So a curriculum of feelings now is a whole list of um, phrases. So, you know, I can, you know, things like, I can see this is really tough. You know, I'm wondering if together we can try and work out what's gone wrong. You just over and over and over 
over convey to these children that they're not in this alone. Are we not stepping in and solving problems always with children, but it's always, it's just giving children the sense that there's someone here to be with them, to walk alongside them and help them navigate, um, which could, what can often be quite a tricky space um, in a preschool environment. Well, Megan, I love this idea of with, of being with the child and, and your careful use of language. And you mentioned you and Fiona have done some training, but is this something that only you and certain members of your team do or does, do other people need to be involved as well? How do, how do you manage this? Uh, Laura, that's a really good question. You know, I think you need leadership. You definitely need someone to drive this idea, this passion, this this commitment, I guess. But it definitely is a whole team approach and it needs to have the whole team on because you can't have someone who has quite a um, contrary way of being with children um, because it just wouldn't work. The children would be confused. They really wouldn't know what was to be expected. Um, A really good example of that is I'm actually a part-time director. I work three days a week teaching on the floor with the children and I know those other two days of the week, which one of them is Thursday and I'm in the office, I hear the work still being done and I'm not on the floor like I said I'm in here in the office I'm not here on a Friday and I definitely know that that work is very much continued and embedded um the new course obviously I've mentioned has given us additional knowledge and it's actually allowed us more greater opportunities to really further embed it into our um every day and I guess I have a team of educators that come on board knowing that children deserve educators who want to be in relationship with children and my my team when we've had new people come on they see the difference so like I mentioned we have visitors come in that see it when I have new staff come on and I've just had um, in the last couple of years had a permanent crib break person start and then in more recent times a new support person they comment that they see how those children with challenging behaviors really then become part of our community Um, and then they're thirsty and hungry to know more. So then they become committed to the professional learning that's on offer as well. So how do you get new members of the team on board? How do you you manage casuals? How do you make sure this still is working, whether you're there or not or whether non-permanent staff are there? And, and, And how do you get the team to do things differently? Yeah, it's, it's hard, Laurie, and I'm not going to make out that this is an easy thing to achieve. Um, but And I guess over the years we've tried several different things. And like you said, you mentioned casuals. Uh, I guess before I sort of go on to what we've tried, I guess I need to, we all need to remind ourselves and particularly myself that, you know, I've been doing this for a long period of time and it does take time. So I need also to be patient and and be the hands, I guess, for those new people that come in that I'm going to nurture them and support them to look for better and improved ways. I also do look at my team um, as much as I'm deemed the leader of my team um, I strongly believe that good leaders encourage more leaders um, and I look at my staff as being at the front of the bus with me like I we're out there and we're we're driving an approach that we know that works so I think initially we tried handouts so we had you know um, staff information booklets that new staff would get and they're kind of okay um, mentoring really works so when we get new staff um, particularly casual staff in I'll often say to them look you know I'd really like you to watch 
um, Fiona, my teacher, or Cheryl, my childcare educator, I really would like you to take time, particularly if you can see them going in and helping children when things have gone wrong. Um, when you watch my permanent staff go in and help a child that's hurt another child, you really get an insight into our practice. It's about bringing those children in. It's, it's not about making the child that did the hurting feel bad because we know that if you do that, those children aren't going to come into you for support and they're the children that you really need to keep in nice and close. They're the ones that need you more than, than anyone else. Um, so, yeah, that, that I guess, is probably um, a really big thing that we do. And, and I guess it, it also prepares new staff to, to be aware that they're actually, there may be a different way of doing things if I'm actually asking them to watch the permanent staff. Obviously, professional learning is a really, really key um, thing in all of this. And um, the new cause, the new Circle in the Classroom course has been amazing. So we've just started to, well, not, not started, we're just over halfway through now in um, develop, in delivering the eight-week um, cause in the Classroom course to all of my educators. We're a small team, so there's only five of us. Um, but already I'm beginning to hear my, my um, newest staff members say things like, um, it's all starting to make sense now. They understand why we say what it is that we say. We're hearing them say things like, oh, I can see that it lets the child know that no matter what has happened, you'll always be there for them. And I kind of just mentioned that a little bit about the child that does the hurting. They're the children that they get brought in. They don't get sent away. Um, I had a staff member say, you know, you don't make children feel bad because they might have hurt someone else. And they've said things like, you know, I can see how the children stay connected to you because they trust that you're going to do the right thing by them. I go, I think, you know, the, the COS classroom course has just been sort of like the cherry on the top for us in recent months because it's really given us additional tools to put in our tool belt. And my crib, permanent crib break worker just said to me only a few weeks ago, she said, you know, Megan, it's actually quite simple but it really changes your perception of a child's behaviour. Oh, I love that. That really sums it up, doesn't it? It's, it's really quite simple. But, but you're right. It's not, it's not rocket science, but it is transformative practice. I wonder, do you think this works with all children? I know you are talking about how this works with children whose behaviour may challenge you, but do you think it works with everyone? Oh, definitely, Laurie. Like it, it, it's it's a relationship based approach. So it it works in even in adult relationships. I even know now having um, and I think now revisiting the training in recent months, even having greater empathy for new staff that come on or staff that might be struggling to get their their heads around particular concepts, but just being with them in relationship and having empathy. We sometimes say, particularly with children who really respond to the way that we are with them, um, like we had a little boy start at the start of the year who was really, really quiet and took a long time to settle in. And we often would say, you know, I wonder how his experience would have been at a very different, at a different centre. And we know that his experience of an early childhood education would have been so different had he not been in our centre where we are kind and caring and empathic and committed. Um, 
We have had people over the over the years suggest that we're spoiling children when we're rewarding bad behaviour by giving them attention, um, and I guess that's a bit of an old way of describing um, a behavioural approach, I guess, is, is giving bad behaviour attention. But we know that the child, like I mentioned before, that the child hitting out another child needs as much support as the child being hurt. They need help to organise their feelings and they don't get that by being sent away. And like I've already mentioned, we use quite different language during that time. The circle quite um, intentionally uses the word connection and takes attention out of it. So children are always looking and seeking connection with us, um, which like um, my crib break person, um, Anne, said, um, that it's not attention. It, it's just a different way. As soon as you start to looking at, looking at children's behaviour through a very different lens, you start to look at children's behaviour in a different way. See a child differently, see a different child. That's yeah. right. Now, you've been doing this for a really long time and you've mentioned you're still doing training. Talk me through that because I think that's fantastic. Yeah, again, you asked me, do we do cause? And, um, you know, I was pretty clear saying, no, we would never say that. And I, I just think every time I revisit training, I feel refreshed. It always reminds me of better, a better way of being in relationship with our children. And uh, Laurie, to be really honest, and um, I would, I have to add that there are many, not many times, but there are times in, in the rush and the busyness of a preschool day that I actually need to remind myself, I need to be calm. I need to be that kind and caring person that's going to come into this situation or this interaction with a child. Circle have a, a beautiful mantra that um, is being stronger and kinder and wiser. And in the cause in the classroom course, they add and to be a committed teacher. So for me, I guess we need to be constantly revisiting the training to ensure that we stay on track. Um, you can know something and you can know it really well, but when you go back and have a refresher, it's always like, oh, yeah, I've kind of, kind of forgotten about that. Um, and I think if you say that I know all there is to know about a specific topic, then you'll never, ever take up new opportunities. Um, just recently I tuned into the episode of KU's Provoking Minds podcast with Robin and, you know, I find myself sitting there, I often listen to them in the car and I'm thinking, like, I've forgotten about that or, yeah, like she just reminds you of, of just coming back and being really grounded and centred in that work. And I guess, you know, Laurie, I've worked for KU for a long time and I've been afforded like many, many opportunities over the years to engage in long-term professional learning, but specifically around Mardamay and circular security and, of course, now recently in the, um, in the COS classroom um, course. And I really do believe, Laurie, it's got to me to where I am today. I also think that I've recruited well along the way. Um, we've recruited other people within our, on our team with dispositions that are needed um, to do this work. And, hey, Laurie, you, you know, you might want to um, hear from some of my other educators at the centre um, who have been just as equally committed to this uh, way of being with children. I love that you just put them into that spot that they have to come <laughs> and do this with me next time and enjoy <laughs> the privilege of, of recording a podcast. But I think that's a great plan. So let's plan for part two of COS in the Classroom or Circle of Security and talk about that. And Megan has offered a couple of her other educators who might come and join us and they can share how they have 
been on this journey with you, Megan, and joined you in this commitment to make a difference to children and give us some maybe practical examples of how this works for them in day-to-day practice on the floor. Sounds like a plan, Laurie. (laughs) Remember, you said it first. So, well, that's all for today's episode of Provoking Minds brought to you by KE Learning and Development. And thanks for listening. And thank you to Megan for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Laurie. Well, hearing how you've made Circle of Security a part of your everyday practice is both helpful and inspiring. It's been great to talk with you about this, and I do look forward to the chance of speaking with some of the other educators at KU Coromel East. So watch out for workshops that we regularly host with Robin Dolby, who started it all with Megan. Certainly Megan was inspired by Robin, and I'm sure she will inspire others as well. Uh, We have managed to continue to engage with Robin in a virtual platform to support this idea of being in a relationship with children. There is also a Provoking Minds podcast recorded by Robin that might be a great place to start or a refresher, as Megan suggested. And if you haven't registered for any of our events, make sure you go to the learning and development section on ku.com.au and register now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode.